Hello, 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 and welcome to the hashtag Create Your Earth Life podcast with myself, your host, Janessa Staples. And today is day seven of Bible study. Today we are going to be um, reading about how Jesus delivers the Sermon on the Mount. So today is super exciting because this is the information for me that really changed my heart. This is when he tells us all that we need to follow and how we need to treat others um, to get into the kingdom and how sometimes you will do the right thing, but you may be a hypocrite. So this tells you like exactly what to do, what God is going to be watching for. And this is the information that I have followed or begun to follow that has really made my heart soft. So before we jump into that, I just want to remind you, um, check out my Etsy shop. If you go to createyourearthlife.com, scroll all the way to the bottom, click on merch, it will bring you to the Etsy shop. And I have things in there that um, share the word of God. I have a hat that says trust in God. There is a phone case with a um, scripture on it. Um, There's shirts. There is a necklace that says saved by Jesus and it's super cute. And all purchases that you make help support the podcast. Okay. With that being said, we're going to jump into Bible study, and today it is a long Bible study. Um, It is three chapters, so I'm not going to read it twice. I've already done my notes. I am going to read it once, and as I go through, I will read you what I've written down, my notes, my comments, uh, questions, whatnot, and we will go through it like that. So we're going to start. Um, it's Book of Matthew, chapters 5, 6, and 7. So let's get to chapter 5, verse 1. Okay. Oop, I'm in the wrong area. Here we are. So Matthew, Book of Matthew, chapter 5. The title begins with the Beatitudes, which actually I did not look up what that meant. So let's check it out. Okay. I paused the podcast and I looked it up and the Beatitudes are eight blessings recounted by Jesus in the sermon. So that's exactly what we're going to be reading right now. The eight blessings. Okay, here we go. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. comforted. (laughs) Blessed are the meek, which meek means um, submissive. So blessed are the the meek, the submissive, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And again, righteous means the quality of being morally right or justifiable. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you. And revile means to criticize in an abusive, angry, insulting manner. So when they are 
criticizing you and insulting you and persecuting you and say all kind of evil evil against you falsely for my sake. So you're blessed um, when this is happening. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So it's saying that, um, yeah, when you follow God, when you follow Jesus, then there is a possibility that people are going to be angry with you. They're going to have negative things to say about you and to you. They're going to prosecute you. And that has definitely happened to me. Um, Not often, but it has happened like once or twice. Um, But he's saying because people are being mean to you, you are still blessed because that means you are going to have the spot um, in heaven, in uh, the kingdom, kingdom of God. Believers are salt and light. So this I love because I've seen people online that have shirts that say stay salty and they're like Christian shirts. And I was like, what does this mean? So here is the answer as to what it means. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing, but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. So I think what he is saying is, uh, you know, believers are salt and light. And so when you are a believer, you have the Holy Spirit in you and you are very useful. You know, you are very flavorful. You have a lot to give um, by sharing the word of God. And if you're not salty, if you are, um, you have lost your flavor, it means God is not in you. And then what is your um, use for the kingdom of of God that you are, you're not going to be going to heaven. Um, it's useful being here and not sharing the word of God because he is our creator. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand and gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. So again, the same thing. Um, you know, your light and let your light shine, and which means share the word of God. Christ fulfills the law. Do not think that I came to destroy the law of the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot, so one small writing or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will see by no means, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Murder begins in the heart. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, which Raka means empty one, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Agree with your adversary 
quickly while you are on the way with him, lest your adversary deliver you to the judge. The judge hand you over to the officer and you be thrown into prison. Assuredly, I say to you, you by no means get out of there till you have paid paid the last penny. Adultery in the heart. You have heard that it is said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to that, whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, Cut it off and cast it from you, for it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast in hell. That is a huge statement, I think. Um, He is saying that it is better to lose an eye or lose a hand than it is to lose your spot in um, the kingdom of heaven. It is more profitable, profitable to lose a part of your body your physical body, your flesh, than it is to lose your spiritual spot in the kingdom of heaven. Marriage is sacred and binding. Furthermore, it has been said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that whoever divorces his wife for any reason except sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a woman who is divorced commits adultery. Jesus forbids oaths. An oath or a solemn promise. Or they're also said to be a profane or offensive expression used to express anger. So... Let's read it over and figure this out. Um, Jesus forbids oaths. Again, you have heard that it was said to those old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. So I'm guessing it means... um, Profane or express expression used to express anger. So Jesus forbids you to swear. Um, And then the ending of this, it says, But let your yes be yes and your no, no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. And when I read this, it just reminds me um, of my parenting skills. Because I don't know if you guys have children, but if you do, I'm sure, you know, there are times you're like, no, we're not doing this. And then your kid starts whining or whatever. And you're like, okay, fine. Five minutes, a couple minutes, whatever. You can watch TV for this long or whatever it is. And um, I know, like I've learned um, through listening to other people talk about parenting and like what works and what doesn't work and what can help your children and what doesn't, um, is you have to stick to your word. So if you say no TV right now, you can't say, uh, fine, whatever. Like, you know, they're whining and crying, they're having a fit and you just don't want to deal with it. You have to just stick to your word because one, um, it's, it, it, If you stick to your word, it teaches your child to trust you. And if you don't, they eventually won't trust you. So even though they're not happy, they're upset, whatever, they will learn like they can trust you. Like if you say no, they they know you're going to follow through with that. Um, Just like when you say yes about something, they know you're going to follow through. Um, Obviously, there are some situations where 
you don't have any um, control over the situation, maybe the situation changes and you say, yeah, we can go to the park and then the park shut down for some reason or something. Then you explain that to your children. But for the most part, you stick through with your word because that's how you gain trust in your children. So I love how it says, um, but let your yes be yes and your no be no for whatever it is more than these is from the evil one. Um, So it just makes me think that you know, all along that that's the plan. Um, because sometimes people don't know that, you know, it's easy to give in and they don't know that they're actually causing damage. Um, so the Bible says it right here, you know, let your yes be yes and your no be no stick with your word. Go the second mile. You have heard that it has, it was said an eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth, but I tell you not to resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. A tunic is a like a, a shirt that you just slide on. It's kind of baggy. If you look it up, some of them look like dresses, but it's just like a large, comfy, um, loose shirt, pretty much. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks you and from him who wants to borrow from you. Do not turn away. Hold on, I need a sip of water. Okay, love your enemies. So this right here is really a part where it can, if you follow this, then this really helps soften your heart. Like this really changes your heart. When you can read this and accept it and like pray about it, you will definitely see changes in yourself in your life. Um, it's hard to do. It's hard to do, but I've done it and it's, um, it's a work in progress, but I definitely see changes in myself. So love your enemies. You have heard that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you that you may be sons of your father in heaven for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and send sends rain on evil and on the good and sends rain. Oh, sorry. Let me read that, that part. Um, but I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you that you may be sons of your father in heaven for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends raid on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so. Therefore, you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. So, um, love your enemies reminds me of Game of Thrones. I just finished binge watching Game of Thrones with my boyfriend. Part of me while watching it was like, wow. Um, So if you haven't seen it yet and you're planning on watching it, um, I'm just assuming everyone's seen it because it is a pretty old uh, show, but also a lot of people are starting to watch it now. Um, So I am going to, this is a spoiler alert for Game of Thrones. So starting now, spoiler alert. But in Game of Thrones... um, 
first of all, when I was watching it, I was thinking like, should I be watching this? Cause there is a lot of torture. Um, it's terrible. Like there are some things in it where I'm like, I can, I can, I had to close my eyes. Like this is awful. Not because it's scary, because it's just terrible. The stuff that is happening in that show is awful. Okay. But it's also very, very entertaining and it's interesting and you can relate it to the Bible in some ways. And from what, um, from when you read love your enemies in this section, it reminds me of how in game of Thrones, everyone's fighting to get the throne. So all the different families are fighting. You got the Lancashers, you, um, have the, the Boltons and you have, you know, all of them. I can't, I can't remember them all. But then they all come together, or they're supposed to. Most, a lot of them come together because they end up realizing um, that the dead is coming. So the dead is like all these people that have died, and they're like coming back to life, and they've grown their own uh, war so, or their own. Um, uh, <laughs> what is the name? Not team. Um, they have their own, they have a bunch of soldiers, basically. All of them become soldiers and they're going to fight in a war. So it's going to be between the dead and the alive. And when all the alive are fighting with each other about this throne, they realize like they're not going to be left to get the throne if they don't fight these dead people that are very powerful. Um, and they have like hundreds of thousands of people. And then like there's less humans than there are of the dead people. And so basically they're like, we have to like each other for now and come together and fight these people so we can save humanity. And so what's happening is the connection I see from that reminds me of like, even if we hate someone, we don't like someone, they have done something evil to us. We have to realize that it is basically, um, you could say in a psychological way, you could say it's their preconditioning and all these things have happened to them. But you can also say it's the enemy attacking. The enemy has attacked them so many times. All these terrible things have probably happened to them that has caused them to be terror, like have terrible behaviors, you know, hurt people, hurt people. So if someone's hurting you and being mean to you, it's probably because they're hurting and they may not even realize it. But to love your enemy is to pray for them and pray that, you know, they become saved and that their soul is saved because we're trying to save souls here. We're not saying like, oh, I don't like them. I don't care about their soul. Like who they are is the enemy attacking and their preconditioning and all of this, but their soul, we want their soul to go to heaven. We want everyone to be with us um, in the, in the kingdom of God. So even if someone's done something so terrible, um, it does not mean we have to be friends with them, but we can, you know, pray for them, you know, pray that they're saved and that their behaviors change and that they, you know, read the Bible and they realize what's going on. So um, I think of it that way is, you know, we're all trying to come together and save souls. We, um, we don't need to hate each other. And by saving souls, we are fighting stronger against the enemy, which is what we need to do and, you know, help God and, you know, worship God. And there's so much to it, but, uh, it, it will change your heart though. When you start praying for your enemies, um, you know, there's people out there that I've had difficulties with and I pray for them often because I know, um, they don't, they may not even realize their behavior. 
Okay. So let's continue the reading. Do good to please God. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. That your charitable deed may be in a secret, and your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. The model prayer. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corner of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things that you have you need before you ask Him." That is so interesting. So there's so much where I'm in my head about stuff where I'm I'm struggling and I talk to God about it as if he doesn't know. <laughs> but it says right here, therefore do not be like them for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. So if you are financially struggling, he knows. If you are hungry, he knows. If you are heartbroken, he knows and he's working on you. Um, but it also doesn't mean not to tell him what's on your heart. I, I think it's very important to tell God what is on your heart, what you're working through, or ask him for guidance, but he knows. So don't forget that. He knows everything that's going on. Okay. In this manner, therefore pray. So here is the prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, you will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And um, hallowed means made holy. So our father in heaven, in heaven, our father in heaven, made holy be your name. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So I've read this so many times, you know, forgive men your trespasses, their trespasses, and your heavenly Father will forgive you. And if you don't forgive men, then the father, your father will not forgive you. And I read it and I followed it because, you know, it says that and that's what God wants, but I didn't actually understand it. Um, and now I have an understanding of it. So what it's saying is before you were saved, you probably sinned a lot. You probably still sin. Um, cause we're sinners. That's what we do. Uh, we're human. Um, but before you were saved, you probably didn't know that you were sinning. There's a lot of sins that people do that they probably didn't know that they were doing that. So when you are saved, God God forgives you. Our Father forgives us. Um, so what he's saying is, what Jesus is saying is God's going to forgive you, you know, all the things you've done in the past. And even if they're really terrible things, if you're saved by him, if you are worshiping him, you're reading the Bible, you're praying, you are following his word now, then God is going to forgive you. 
And so if you want God to forgive you, you need to forgive others because like, how amazing is it? You've sinned against him, sinned against yourself, and God is still going to forgive you. So, you know, we are no, we are absolutely no better than him. He is our creator. We worship him. So we should be forgiving others. We should be giving, forgiving people that have harmed us, have, uh, I guess you could say sinned against us, you know, uh, you know, um, went against us or hurt us or whatever. So just, uh, remember that he forgives us. So we should forgive others. Fasting to be seen only by God. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting. But to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you only openly. Lay up treasures in heaven. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and dust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moths nor dust destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I love this. This is just saying, um, basically, don't, don't worship and be connected to materialistic things because all these things can be taken from us. People can steal them, you know? Yeah, like our computers are important. We're able to record our podcasts and YouTube videos and talk to our friends and family and write on our computers. But if our computer was stolen, um, you know, it can be taken from us. It can be stolen. It can go bad. The battery could die. Um, you know, it could rust maybe. I don't know if it got stuck in water, you know, it can be broken. It can be taken from us. So that's why we do not um, worship our materialistic things. Um, they are not more important than God where um, we worship God because he, he one created us to, he's going to give us eternal life. If we listen to his word and he gives us life now with um, filling us with his Holy spirit. The lamp of the body. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? You cannot serve God and riches. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, which is mammon is wealth regarded as evil influence or false object of worship or devotion. Do not worry. So this one, um, I do have difficulties with, and I'm sure many of you do. So listen, listen to this. Do not worry. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food in the body, more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So cubit is um, an ancient measure of length, approximately equal to a forearm. And stature is a person's natural height. So which of you, by worry, can add 
one arm length to his height. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothed Close the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven. Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things." sufficient for the day is its own trouble do not judge judge not that you be not judged for with what judgment you judge you will be judged and with the measure you use it will be measured back to you and why do you look at the speck in your brother's eyes but do not consider the the plank in your own eye or how can you say to your brother let me remove the speck from your eye and look a plank is in your own eye hypocrite First, remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear, tear you into piece, in pieces. Okay, so this one, do not judge, uh, reminds me of what I learned in psychology. So there was a, class, a psychology class I took, and the teacher explained that the things you hate about people are usually the things you hate about yourself. So she hated her laugh, and so she would sometimes hear someone laughing really loud. She had kind of a loud, basically, some people would say obnoxious laugh, Um And so she would hear other people laugh like that. And she'd be like, oh, I hate their laugh. And then she realized over time it's because she hated her own laugh. So this is basically the same thing. You can't judge people before you take the speck out of your eye. So if you're judging someone, you might need to look and think, okay, I'm judging them. Why am I judging them? Is it because what I'm judging about them is something I hate about myself? Um, And look into that. Keep asking, seeking, knocking. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good gifts? things to those who ask him therefore whatever you want men to do to you do always to them for this is the law and the prophets the narrow way enter by the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to to destruction and there are many who go in by it because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life and there are few who find it that's pretty intense. Um, narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. That's why it's so important um, to share the word of God because, you know, few will find it. Few will follow this narrow, narrow path. 
you will know them by their fruits. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. So just because someone says they're a Christian doesn't mean they're a good person. It doesn't mean they follow um, everything that's in the Bible. And even if you don't follow that that's everything in the Bible, it doesn't necessarily mean you're a bad person, but there are people that are you know, say they're a Christian and they blatantly are not a good person um, because they aren't repenting and they are, aren't, are uh, you know, trying to make changes in their life to become better. They are just worried about the materialistic things in life. All they care about is, you know, money and how they look um, to other people and all this. And they're like, oh, I'm a Christian. But like they, they don't know. They don't know what's going on. Um, so we pray for them. I never knew you. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And when I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So, if you don't, um, you know, repent for your sins, uh, pray to him, like follow him. Uh, he, he knows your every move. Um, and he can say to you when you, you know, you die and you get to him. Um, I never knew you, you know, we didn't have a relationship because you didn't take the time for me. Um, you didn't, you know, repent. You didn't follow my word. Um, so that's pretty, it's, it's a little scary, um, but good to know. Build on the rock. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these saying of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended, the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. And so it was when Jesus has ended these sayings, what the people were astonished at his sayings, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. I think if there's one Bible study to listen to, I think it is this one because this is the one where it gives you so much information on how to, you know, really follow Jesus, follow God, worship God, and what you need to do, not only to do all these things, but it really listening to what he's saying really just makes you a better person. We live in the society where we're always trying to do read self-help books and become our best selves and everything, which I, there's no problem with that. But we have this book that's been here for centuries, years and years and years that has all the answers that we need to forgive others, to pray for our enemies. Um, and this is what softens our heart. And this is what can help us, um, to change. And in the 
best way and also save our soul. So this is such a great Bible study. I'm so happy you guys are here with me. If you made it through, awesome. Um, And I hope you guys are having a great day. I do just realize that we didn't do our prayer at the beginning. Um, So let's end this with a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you so much for today's reading. I really felt so connected with you today, and I feel that my heart has softened so much, and I pray that all the listeners today on the podcast platform have felt the same way, that their hearts have been softened, that they have had their eyes opened, that they are feeling your presence and are feeling really grateful for you and We love you so much and please continue to open our eyes so we can share your word and help others and help save other souls. And thank you so much for really everything you do, God. We love you and we're going to keep working on trusting and not worrying and pray to you often. Thank you, God. Amen. All right, guys, um, a friendly reminder about my Etsy shop. Once again, go to createyourearthlife.com, click on merch. It will bring you to the Etsy shop and it helps share the word of God. And also, if you have any requests, like I can make you a shirt um, that has the word of God on it, a hat, whatever, just let me know. Send me a message at createyourearthlife at yahoo.com. I hope you guys have the best day ever. God bless you.